0: Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this newest Minds of Markets podcast. I'm cutting right to the chase right now. I said that we're going to have one of the brightest minds out there right now. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this. I invite in my friend and colleague, since we have been in this business together for a very long time, Mr. Kevin Hinks from the Schwab Network. Kevin specializes in education over there. He's traded on the floor forever and ever. I think he may have even started before I did. He hosts the firm's uh, swim lesson broadcast. He's on the network all day long. He's been an active member of the SIBO in CME since 1986. And throughout his decades of experience, he has trades at the GE pit at the SIBO and worked as an independent trader and operated his own firm. So, Kevin, you and I are dinosaurs. Let's yeah. let's cut right to the chase. We
1: are dinosaurs. Don't call and it that, Scott. Don't <laughs> where call, where it do that? call it do that. What do we call it? I'll tell you what we'll call it. I've got a new term for it. Okay. We're the Willberries. We're, the, We're uh, a- remember you know the group. I love that. <laughs> yes. We that means the- we need to get two more to complete the band. <laughs> we gotta get Roy Orbison and Bob Dylan to to help us out. But you know, the theory behind the traveling willberries was. Uh George Harrison and Jeff Lynn from ELO, Lynn. they they got a group together and they'd have little contests, like they'd name a singer and say, Is he a Wilberry?" No, 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 he's not a willberry. No, no, no. And they and they would literally get their group of the guys that they wanted to hang out with, both as a person and as a talent. So that's what I consider ourselves not dinosaurs. We're willberries. Well, Scott. I think we're two for two there. So now yeah, there's going to
0: be an extensive search for the other two. I love exactly. it. Exactly. I love it. Um, yeah. Let Let's cut right into it, though. You know, you yeah. and I have a long, long history of experience on the trading floor, trading off the floor, in the education field, and and really, um, I think bringing some of the tried and true type of strategies and instruction. To this marketplace, because the bottom line is, trading is still trading, right? Right. Yes, there's high frequency trading now, and things can move a lot quicker. But trading is still trading. So, is that one of the things that you try and drive home to all the people out there that are listening to you at the Schwab Network? And and when you're going through the example trades and setting things up for them, you know, are are you? It seems like every time I do something on the network. It's a similar type of setup to what you're doing, and they're you know
1: the tried and true strategies. Well, here's why, right? Number one, you and I trade options, but we also trade volatility, right? And so when volatility ding is ding. low, someone asks you a strategy, it's going to lean towards that strategy. It's going to lean towards a ding long ding ding Vegas ding. strategy, right? So that and I sometimes I say on the air for Schwab Network. Bear with us if it seems a bit redundant, but you want the right strategy for the right situation. And when implied volatility is low, you're doing trades that are long vega. And so the, the lesson there, that's the easy part of the lesson. The lesson is, do you want more vega? or less vega and how do you get the most vega for a trade or the least and so that's the advanced skill right the easy thing is the strategy or one of the easy things but then the finer points like no 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 i think volatility is really low so i want as much vega as i can and to bring that date of the long option out helps you with oh, maybe something man. that you don't think of right you know, Adding I, Vega, I, yes I got to play this for everybody at
0: Prosper over (laughs) and over and over because that's, I mean, seriously, you and I have not discussed this before, but this is exactly what I teach. And I say to them, when vol is low, what do we want to do? Well, we want to buy something on sale. We want to buy it when it's cheap and we want to buy time. So, yes, you go to a certain amount of strategies. Exactly. That is, you know. Right. Right. Exactly how we teach in a line. And like you said, once you identify that, there are, you know, a, a certain few strategies that align with with that kind of setup. So, um, you know, I, I, I've heard you say this before. You, you take your opinion,
1: you make your thesis and yep. then build it around there. Right? Exactly. And the strategies, they don't mean you're going to be right. Right. Yep. But if, to use the baseball analogy, you, you're, you're swinging at strikes. You're putting on the right strategy for the right time. You may be directionally wrong. You may There may be several reasons why you're not right. But if you are right, you maximize, right? And yep. then you keep making those adjustments that we talk about all the time and you have to make. And so you have to be lean and agile and not married to any one trade. And you have to just keep moving. Some of the greatest trades... I remember making are the ones where I made a trade and go, nope, no, 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 no. That's not that's no good. And just do it the other way. So yep. it's always the if I've learned anything in 40 years in this business, is change, embrace the change that is everywhere around you on a daily basis. So uh fundamentals work, fundamentals are what you put in, but then you take your individual talents and you make it better. And that's where the, you know, good trader, great trader, unbelievably great trader come in. It's individual talents, but the fundamentals like baseball spring training stay the same. I, I couldn't agree more. And, in you know, in this
0: world of AI trading now, and you know, there, there's so many different programs out there and so many people using AI programs. And and we do have one at prosper. But the way that I like to use it is exactly what you just said. It'll give you an idea, right? Because it backtests a gazillion things in a nanosecond. It's going to give you an idea, maybe to buy a 40 Delta call, maybe to buy this diagonal. sell whatever it is, but it's up to, in my opinion, it's up to people like you and me to take that and then maximize it using our experience. So same thesis, but maybe you tweak it a little bit. And I'm just wondering, again, in this world of, of AI and people really depending on, you know, the crutch of AI so much, if that's kind of hindering their ability to learn and trade at maximum efficiency.
1: Yeah, you know, I, you know using a calculator is great, but you should learn how to do math first and then right. use the calculator. Learn how to trade and then use that extra tool To to make you a better trader, but you better know the fundamentals first or because if something goes wrong, you need to know why it went wrong. Not just say, oh, something just went wrong. So I I think AI is probably here throughout all business. It's not going away. It's only going to get more, but you still got to know the fundamentals and and what to do. And so, yeah, I, I think AI can advance everything we do, just like electronic trading changed the way we do business. High frequency trading changed the way we do business. Tightened spreads changed the way we do business. There's, a, there's always changes in this market. Heck, I remember, Scott, there used to not be an option skew in options. It That's wasn't right. until the 87 crash that the skew came in and people started to realize. So one day you had to go home for the weekend and completely change the way you traded options, identifying yeah. the skew. And and, does, and how it the changed?
0: Char, does the name Charlie Felt from the the Sibo floor, may he rest in peace, bring back any memory to not understanding SKU and that one day pretty much ending a career? Yeah, <laughs> I mean there career. was
1: a, there was a lot of but but it 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 crept into the business very very secretly and quietly. All of a sudden, you're like, why are these calls trading so right. cheap and the puts trading so expensive? And then you realized it was. Firms like Timber Hill, now IB, and firms trading the indexes versus the equities. And yeah. when that changed, it bled from the OEX into the, into the equity pits. And that's where it found us. And so you had to adapt just when you thought it was one volatility from it. the top to the bottom. That's right. <laughs> this is easy. And, <laughs> and, suddenly, and talk about, talk yeah. about SKU. And, and yeah. I know you just
0: covered Amazon, Apple. And Meta, I know you just yeah. covered that, but talk about skew over the last couple of days going into these big five earnings. And I'm saying five, not seven, and I'm yeah, including sure. Alphabet and uh, Microsoft. And, Microsoft. Those. and actually, you know what? I'm going to make it six because I'm going to talk about AMD. The upside skew was unbelievable in call options here. We, we, you know, in back in the olden days, we used to see that skew to the downside, right? Because people wanted that protection this upside call skew coming into this earnings cycle here. Wow.
1: Yeah. And skew, remember what skew is for your viewers. Remember it's simply what the option paper, the order flow is doing to the options. And when the skew is very U shaped, right? They're buying puts and selling calls. And when it's very flat, they're selling puts and buying calls. And so you have to understand what that means in terms of information in the order flow.
0: And it's right. And bottom line is it's supply and demand, right? It's all of a sudden, you know, over the last few days leading up to these earnings, the demand was there for these upside calls. So what do what happens to the prices when the demand is there? They go up just like when we were trading on the floor. Right. You, you traded in GE. If someone came in to buy 100 lot of calls, OK, no big deal. You probably sold them all at the same price. But then, you know, Goldman Sachs or, or Smith Barney at the time, whoever it was, comes in and said, all right, you know, where can I buy 10,000 more? Well, I'll I'll sell you 100 more, you know, 10 cents. Well, at the time, it would have been a quarter higher. Then I'll sell you 100 more, a half higher. And then I'll sell you maybe the balance a buck
1: higher. You know, so it's all supply and demand driving the prices and volatility. Yeah, and you're immediately trying to hedge those those options with with stock and waiting nervously for the fill, right, on the phone, hoping that that broker makes it to the uh, pit as quickly as possible. So, yes, those were the struggles that we had back then under remember when, when you're a market maker standing in a pit, you don't get to pick the trade you make. You get to, you get to make a market and you give, you gave a market, a bid ask and a size. And then the, the person coming in, the order got to pick. Now we're on the other side of that now. And someone else is making the markets. So the struggle there is to try to find edge In a world where we don't get the edge anymore, how do you how do you still make the best trade for when the edge is not in your favor? And so there's what people like you, people like me, are constantly searching for now, and I'm sure Prosper Trading Academy clients are searching for. Absolutely, and I tell you, we we discuss this all the time. I tell my clients this all the
0: time. Back in the day, we were market makers. We are now market takers. Right. Big difference. Now, with that, also back in the day when we were market makers, the bid ask was a little bit wider than they were Yes, than it, they yes are it right was. now. You know, things have tightened up. So, especially if you're trading in the in the liquid, you know, names like an Apple and a Microsoft, you're getting real tight markets, so it's not as much of a disadvantage but you, know, you get to into some of the other names that maybe aren't quite as liquid. And you've got a bid ask, you know, on a, on an individ, at the money individual option that might be 40, 60, 80 cents wide, that's a major
1: difference. That's when you got to do real price discovery yep. and work that order and try to cause slippage in a bid ask can take the lion's share the of your profits thing. away. Yep. It's as important as anything you're doing, right? And learning how to work that order. I'm sure you tell your clients, as we tell our customers here, don't ever pay the ask. Don't ever no. hit the bid, right? Always work your order because you Forever sometimes good. you'll be shocked how good your fill
0: is. The, yeah, I think a lot of new traders don't understand that it actually is a negotiated market, right? It's it's an auction. It may not be the open outcry that you and I were used to, though. There still is some open outcry at the SIBO with SPX, VIX, sure. Russell, some other. But but it still is a negotiated market. So if you see a, a you know maybe twenty cent bid, forty cent offer on an individual option, you go in thirty cent bid, twenty five cent bid somewhere in and let the market
1: naturalize and come to you, right? Because there's there's a dozen different ways that order can get filled, right let's say it's 20 it's 20 bid at 40 and you put in a 25 cent bid a, a dime a nickel below the mid well what if an order comes in to sell those now you're the first bid you get those at a great right. price and the same on the offer side so don't be afraid to work your order because that because here's the here's the easy way to justify it's got annualize it. Think about if you save a penny or two pennies or three pennies on every trade. Humongous. Right. And there's market making. There's trading in a nutshell. It's every penny. At the end of the year, you count up the numbers and see how you did. But every trade, chase every penny. So let me ask you,
0: I'm going to ask you to explain something that, sure. that I know a lot of our customers, our students even the ones that have been trading a while still don't fully comprehend when they see a market out there, whether it's on the thinkorswim platform, you know, whatever it is. And in the market might be, you know, on, on a spread a dollar 80 bid offered at two ten. Okay. Yeah. That's the natural market. So 30 cents wide. So on that particular market, we're going to see a mid or a mark of a dollar 95. Yep. Right? Very, very often. I would say, more often than not, our students and traders out there that truly don't understand the markets yet say, okay, well, it's ninety five. that's where it's trading. Why aren't I getting filled at one ninety seven, perhaps, or 198? And they don't truly understand, as you just were talking about, that that midpoint or
1: that mark, all it is is a reflection of the middle, of the bid and the ask. Exactly right. Just remember, when you're putting – A a bid in right in the middle of a market. Someone has to trade with you. Someone has to look at that bid and say, Oh, I want to, I want to sell that there. A human or a machine has to make that decision. So if put it in, if it doesn't fill, it just means that implied volatility could be creeping higher, right? The mark, the stock could be creeping higher. Things could be creeping away from you. Just don't, don't take it personal, it's none of this is personal. <laughs> Just keep working. Right. And, and that's such
0: great advice because, because, you know, my clients, the ones that aren't getting filled at the market sure. price, oh, you know, I, my, my broker is terrible, right? I, I got to change my broker and they think it's sure. all the broker, right? And, and they, they think there's little gremlins behind the order, you know, telling them not to fill or the market makers are messing with me. They don't want to fill my order. You know, I, I hear a lot of that as well. And yeah. I know you're not on the help desk over at Schwab or anything, right. but I have to imagine that a lot of the people on your help desk probably get that question on a daily basis. Oh, yeah.
1: Complaint. Yeah. What I would say, if someone asked me that, and you're right, I'm not talking to clients right. every day, but I would say, relax, you're not that important. It's not that he's avoiding you. <laughs> you're not scaring anyone, right? I mean, you' worry- not rod. Yeah. Just keep working when, when, when it's right, you know, be patient with with, with trading Pay, You know, sometimes you have to hurry. Sometimes you have to be very patient. And so, especially when entering an order, the, the better you get it on, the less you pay for that order, the, the lower your break even is. So be patient. Right. And, and understand the one great thing about these platforms. Now you can, Cancel, replace all day long. If you see the momentum starting to work towards you, lower your bid, raise your offer. Don't be afraid to move markets around and and see when maybe a market stalls and then maybe move up into that area. But always be working, always be uh, taking your orders and laddering them right i I mean, average pricing is so important if you're a, if you're a bigger trader, so don't don't be afraid to do any of those things to improve the overall price. Remember, we're trying to get in for the best price, we're trying to get out for the best price. It's really exactly. not that not that tricky and, and and as being a retail trader, which
0: we all are, what you just explained is you can every trader can kind of find his own price discovery by doing that.
1: By, exactly by, you
0: right. Cancel replace and, and looking at some of the trade, looking at the momentum of how things are happening. So you've, you you
1: got to use that to your advantage. Right. And understand like the the, the more uh, minutiae of trading, like is implied volatility going up? Maybe that means someone may be trying to buy some. So maybe raise your offers slightly, allow the market to move into your order, allow the volatility to move into your order. If you can find those finer points of trading, like I said, it's those pennies, right? If you're doing one trade a month, it's maybe not important. If you're doing five trades an hour over an annualized period, every penny counts. It's real money.
0: There there's no question about mm-hmm. it. So, going back to to what you were just reporting on with, sure. with the big guys that just reported and and you know, things looked So different yesterday on the big sell off and with some of the other big name tech stocks that had decent earnings but sold off because maybe there was a big run up into them. What do you make of these now? Because what what came out today with Apple and with Meta, and and what am I missing here? The third one, Amazon, Amazon. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I mean, these were pretty killer numbers. Scott, think about this September of 2022. Meta traded $88 and traded at a 13 PE before this number today, pre number, it was 394 and a 34 PE. Now it's 50 bucks higher in the aftermarket. Where's that PE going? That PE was rich before this move. So the, but they put up numbers and you know, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg is now turning the year of efficiency into years of efficiency. He just threw an S on there because, you know, he decided a year and a half ago to become a real CEO and trim his expenses and work on the other side of the ledger. And look what it's done for that stock. Pretty incredible.
0: The the numbers that some of these companies are putting up are just you you can't even you can't even comprehend them. But you make a good point. We went from a 13 PE. Now we're going to be you know mid 30s, maybe even a 40 PE. Right. Does that really mean
1: Does that really mean the stock is overpriced? Not 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 if the earnings and the growth exactly. and the projections. Think about it. When Nvidia came out with their incredible earnings, what a couple quarters ago, that PE went down after that. Right. Because so m- m- remember, there's a P in the P E, there's price and there's earnings. And if the price seems high, the P E seems high and the earnings explode, that P E is going to get better. And so look cheaper. And then what did NVIDIA do? It went in uh, consolidated for two quarters with great earnings and their their P E went from 144 to 60 before it c- it picked up again. So all these things can really help. Scott, I am running perilously low on, on battery here.
0: So I hear you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you one, one, yeah. one more question. I know yes, you sure. got to jump out of here. Yeah. Your favorite war story from the floor, whether it's in
1: GE, anything else, favorite war story? So I have, I have hundreds, but the biggest one is the summer of 2001, the implied volatility got down to nines and yep. nine and a half and remember summer of 2001 i had in ge 250,000 gamma in ge uh we'll we'll go into that another time here folks and, <laughs>
0: and we'll let you know what that actually means but basically if
1: ge made a move kevin was sitting pretty so go go and, from there and so when after the tragedy that hit this country, GE was going to open up down $6. So that morning, I had a million and a half shares I had to buy on the open. And so, you know, it was a week off. It was very hectic. We didn't know what the markets were going to do. And all I could think of was, where is this thing going to open? I have a lot of stock I have to buy here. And that went from the worst summer in terms of low volatility and and no movement to what a a crazy couple hours and days it was there. So what I'm going to say to that is prior
0: to the market closing and you having that gamma, you actually had zero delta. You were completely flat because 250,000 gamma (laughs) down six bucks, That's a million and a half.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly right. So that's just one of them. But I mean, you know, I was there for the 87 crash. I was there for the 89 United Airlines crash that doesn't get reported, but was in many ways just as harsh. Right. And then the dot com bubble and then the 90s when Clinton was president. And those were great, unbelievable trading times. But yeah, I've got a story for it seems like every couple of years there's some big thing We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll come back and maybe we'll do a decade, a story by the decade. <laughs> hey, well, yeah, exactly. Through the, year, through the
0: years. I had more hair then, Scott. <laughs> you and me both. All yeah. right, listen, I know you got to jump. I'm taking you up on this Wilbury thing. We are going to lo- continue that. I love we it.
1: Gonna, we're we're going to think deep. We're each going to suggest a couple other people to each other, and we're going to vote on it. Sounds good, Scott. I'm here anytime you need me, as you know. And by the way... Thank, you are one of the Willberries for your viewers, just so you know, clearly. And I always appreciate all the help and all the camaraderie you've given me over the last couple of years. It's a good friendship. I appreciate you. It, it is awesome. Thank you
0: so much, Kevin. Kevin Hinks, the man from the Schwab Network. Have a good one, buddy. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Have a great day, Scotty. You too.
0: The Minds of Markets podcast is an exploration and deep dive into the minds of some of the best traders and investors in the market. Our goal is to help you, the listener, learn from some of the best out there to improve your knowledge and skill set as a trader or an investor. The Minds of Markets podcast should be used for information and entertainment purposes only. And the opinions expressed in this podcast, well, there are opinions only. None of the information contained in the podcast constitutes a recommendation that any particular security, portfolio of securities, transaction, or investment strategy is suitable for any specific person. Trading is risky and past performance is not a guarantee of future results.